Hey, online family, my name is Kenny. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to say thank you for joining us just for a few moments. I really do hope that what you hear, what you experience, and what you watch is life-changing for you today. That maybe, just maybe, you hear about something, maybe about God you didn't know, or a refresher about Him that maybe you've forgotten, but also that the truth that you hear is so practical that it really does make a difference in your life and your family's life. Because that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about families and that the struggle is real for us moms and us dads. I wanna remind you, we've got some great resources for you on our website so you can dial in to a link to find out a little bit more about whatever uh, grade your son or your daughter is in and how to be a better parent because we all want to be a better parent. Also, we're starting small groups. So if you are not connected in a small group and live in this area, we would love for you to join a small group. Find a small group that fits your, uh, your stage of life, uh, the best time for you during the week. And if you're not in this area, we would love for you to start a small group wherever you are. We would love to help you out with that. You can also see a link right there on how you can do that to let us know how we can best help you to be a part of what's going on here. And also, if you're a guest, maybe for the first or second time, you really are a VIP. Thank you, thank you, thank you for jumping online with us. We'd love to know a little bit more about you. And so this is a link for you to let us know who you are and what's going on in your life and maybe how we can pray for you. But today for all of us, I'm super excited that you get to hear from one of my best friends talk about parenting. And yes, he is a parent. He's in the throes of it himself. But something you need to know about him so that you can give a big shout out when you see him in just a moment. His name is Joel Owens. He is our family director. And he is celebrating this week of being at the bridge for 15 years. Come on, you gotta put some hand claps or praise hands or something in the chat area to let this guy know that you love him. Joel, I love you. Thank you for making a difference in my children's life, in the kids who go to the bridge, online and on campus. Joel, you're making a difference in the families, not only in our generation, but in the generations to come. And you are the man, I love you, and I can't wait to hear what God has put on your heart. Hi, I'm Joel Owens, and I'm one of the pastors here at The Bridge, and I'm really glad you're joining us this morning. We're in the middle of our parenting series called The Struggle is Real, but I wanted to let you know that even if you don't have kids, I think you're gonna find something just for you in this message. I don't know if anyone has ever told you this before, but I've heard someone say, parenting is like a walk in the park. Now, what comes to my mind is something like this. So here we see this family enjoying themselves, probably in the middle of the workday and having a great time with one another. That is not reality for me. Yeah, it looks like a walk in the park, but if we run with that analogy, to be honest, my park looks a lot like this. Well, I don't know how many of you can relate to that kind of park, but if you do, go ahead and let me know in the chat window. The reality is, is that parenting is hard. In fact, it's the hardest thing that you and I will ever do. And I don't care what you do for a living. I don't even know what your occupation is, but you probably went to school for it. You probably took some classes on it. You were probably educated on how to do your job. Parenting, they just hand you a baby in the hospital and send you home. 
and you got to figure this stuff out on your own. It is impossible. It is hard. And it, it comes with so much stress, doesn't it? Um, because of the uncertainty of just wondering what to do. It comes with so much worry and so many things are out of your control. We work so hard as moms and dads to, to be better parents. And it's difficult to figure out how exactly to do that. But I want you and I to keep something in mind. Our goal as parents is not to be perfect, but our goal really is just to be intentional in parenting. In this series, um, The Struggle is Real, uh, we have been uh, given parenting tools that you and I can use to kind of make our job a little bit easier. In the first week, Kenny talked to us about how to make it personal. That means that we put ourselves first when it comes to personal growth and spiritual growth. And if you remember, he talked to us about how it's impossible to pass on something to our kids if it doesn't go through us first, right? Kids have that radar and they can sniff out a fake. And so we can't be fake. If it's not in us, it's not going to be in our kids. The second week, Marshall did a great job and taught us that you and I need to widen the circle. But what in the world does that mean? He told us that we needed to actually pursue pursue strategic relationships for our kids. We are the biggest influence in our kids' lives, but as we learned, we are not the only influence that our children need. So this morning, I just wanted to talk to you guys about this principle. And the tool that I'm sharing this morning is to create a rhythm. Now, when I say to create a rhythm, I simply mean that you and I need to be intentional with our daily experiences. Just be intentional. Now listen, every single one of us have a rhythm. We do, we naturally have rhythms in our life. Some of us, the first thing we do when we wake up is we run to the coffee pot, don't we? For others of us, the first thing we do is run to the other pot, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some of us eat first and then get dressed. Some of us get dressed and then eat. And then we typically will grab our, our keys, head out the door, get in the same car, drive the same roads to the same job every day. That is a rhythm. We have created that rhythm in our life and it feels normal. So when things throw us off of our rhythm or we do things that are not in the norm, it can feel weird. Well, the same thing, if there's something you've never done before and you tried attempting to do it, it can feel awkward right? What is something in your family that when you were growing up, it was just kind of awkward in your family? If you can think of something, write it down in the chat. For me, I can, I can absolutely tell you, it was my living room. Look at this photo. Now, this is a photo of my actual living room. Is that couch not the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life? Listen, it was crazy. It was the 70s. Things were actually that yellow in the 70s, okay? Um, this room was so uncomfortable for me. Everything about it. First of all, because we weren't allowed in this room without adult supervision. We weren't allowed to go in there at all. It was the place where we received guests and I hated sitting in there, as you can tell from this photo. This is a rare photo of my entire family. And as you can see, you can see my dad sitting on the couch looking like a henchman, right? 
he's like waiting to slap my brother and my sister. My brother and my sister had these fake smiles on their faces, but I promise you they're scared to death. And then you've got my mom who is rocking the Liza Minnelli haircut, trying to control me, who is just hating life right now. And I'm miserable because we're in this room and we're wearing those clothes and, and probably miserable because we're sitting on this scary couch, right? The only thing worse than my living room, honestly, was sitting down at my formal dining room. And yes, we had one of those because we would eat on fine china. I don't know if your family grew up eating on fine china, if you had that, but in our house, we had a china cabinet, which is a piece of furniture dedicated to these dishes. But we would eat off this fine china, something like this, and it was this ridiculous plate that cost probably a gazillion dollars. And as a kid, they put this silver flatware in my hands, crystal goblets in front of me, and then threatened my life if I broke anything. So we hated having formal dinners. You can't put this stuff in the dishwasher. You gotta wash these babies by hand, right? Everything about it was uncomfortable. Nothing was user-friendly, so to speak, about eating in the dining room, so we hated it. And because we hated it so much, eventually we would start doing that less and less and less until ultimately we just stopped. So we just didn't eat in the dining room anymore and we didn't eat off of those dishes. I wanna tell you this morning why it's important that we create a rhythm. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, but our rhythm significantly communicates what we value. Let me say that again. Our rhythm significantly communicates what we value. In my home, we value going to church. And so that's what we do. We uh, study hard, try to study hard, right? We uh, play hard, uh, we laugh a lot, we work hard, uh, we show kindness to others, we cheer for the cowboys in my house. Listen, all of those things are things that we value. It's what's important to us as a family. And obviously those kind of things are things that I want my children to also do, and I want it to be important for my children. So we repeat those things regularly. We have created a rhythm in order to communicate what we value. The second reason why we need to create a rhythm is because we have less time than we think and more influence than we realize. We have less time than we think and more influence than we realize. I don't know if you can do this, but hold your hands up. And I want you to show me how many, how many years you have left with your children. So when they're 18 and they're out of their house, that's it. So count down, uh, depending on the ages of your children, how many years do you have left? This is me. I have two years left. My daughter's already out of the house and I have two years left with my son. Y'all, no matter where you are, if you had to use two hands, if you had to use one hand, if you had to bring your feet into it, I don't know, but I'm just telling you, it's not enough time. We have less time than we realize, but we also have more influence than we realize as well. So how do we as parents use the time that we have and the influence that we have to instill these kind of values into our kids? How do we um, use our influence to be able to do that? Great, great question. 
We've been in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 the past couple of weeks, and we're going to be in there again. So y'all look at this with me. Deuteronomy 6, 3 through 7 says, listen closely, Israel, and be careful to what? To obey. Then all will go well with you. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Commit yourselves, not just commit yourselves, but commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. And I love this passage because I think it's super cool that Moses actually gives us the natural rhythm, these natural times for you and I to try to instill values into our kids where you and I can be intentional. And I love this. The first one he mentioned mentions in verse seven is do this when you are at home. In in scripture, it says when you sit at home, typically when I'm sitting at home, I'm eating. So when you're at the dinner table eating with your family, this is a time for you to be intentional, to take advantage of this time together. Whatever it is that you do that, whether it's every night, whether it's a few times a week or whether it's once a week, whenever you get together and you're sitting together as a family at home, this is a time for you to be intentional. And you go, well, Joel, what do I do? What am I supposed to to do with this time? Because I didn't grow up with this model in front of me. I didn't either. So I'm glad you asked that question, but here it is your role when you're at home is to be a teacher during this time. The, the way you communicate over dinner should be kind of formal discussion, okay? And what I mean by that is this is the time for you to establish what is important. You're establishing values at this time. So when you're sitting down at the dinner, you may ask questions like, hey, how was school today? Do you have any homework? Uh, how was practice today? You may ask questions about, hey, what do you guys have going on this week? And you consider one another's schedules so you can all kind of get on the same page for the week. Those are kind of formal conversations that you have, formal discussions. And you do that as a way of establishing what is important to you as a family. The second time he mentions is that when you're on the road. So for you and I, that would be when we're in the car together. This is a great opportunity to have conversations with your kids. So I hope you're not missing this. But your role there when you're in the car is be a friend. So at this point, as a mom and dad, be a friend to your kids, okay? The the conversation should be very informal. Uh, And the goal uh, during this time is just to interpret life, okay? Laugh with them when you're in the car. Put some music on, maybe even something they like. You can comment about the music, get to know who this artist is. Tell me about them. What do you know about them? What kind of people are they? You're helping them understand life, right? Tell jokes. This is a perfect time for you to tell stories about your childhood, what it was like when you were growing up. Kids love to hear what what you were like when you were growing up, when you were their age. So tell them but laugh with them. When something happens, interpret life. If you, see, if you see a homeless person, talk about them, pray for that person, ask the questions, get them thinking. I wonder why they're on the streets. I wonder if they need some help. How could we help them? 
How did they get there? All of those questions, ask that, talk about those things. But honestly, the most important thing you can do when you're in the car with them is to listen. <laughs> because if you wanna know something, especially if you have teenagers, if you wanna know something about your teenagers when you're in the car with them and their friends, just be quiet. <laughs> this is a time for you to learn because I promise you they're gonna talk and you are going to learn some things. The second time that Moses, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the third time that Moses mentions is it when our kids go to bed. And this might be one of my favorites. I remember doing this as, as a kid, um, but at bedtime was so, so meaningful in my family with my wife and I and our kids. Your role there is to be a counselor. This is very uh, intimate conversation, okay? Your goal at bedtime is to build that intimacy. You wanna be vulnerable with them. This is the time where you want them to be vulnerable to you. So be tender with them, talk with them, go upstairs, go to their bedrooms, sit on the edge of their bed and just ask them how their day was. Ask them how they're doing really. These are a great opportunity for you to teach your kids how to clean out their heart. Um, you want them to bathe every day. You want them to put on new clothes every day to be clean. There's no reason why you and I shouldn't also teach our kids how to clean out their hearts so that their hearts aren't dirty. So things don't build up inside where it matters. So talk about things with, that matters. You can ask some questions like this. Ask them questions like, did anybody hurt your feelings today? <laughs> it's a great question, isn't it? Another question is, did you hurt anybody feelings, anybody's feelings today? Are you worried about anything? Um, are you mad at anyone? Is there anything you need to tell me? These are the kind of questions that lead to intimate conversations. But I do want to warn you because at this moment, you need to give kids permission to be honest with you without the fear of getting in trouble. <laughs> because oftentimes, if you ask the question, are you mad at anyone? The answer might be you. And you need to allow them to express that to you and let them know it's okay. It's okay if they're mad at you. It's okay if, if something is not right because this is the time that you want to address it so you can make things right. So be a counselor at that moment. The last rhythm time that he mentions in verse seven is when we wake up. And when we wake up, dude, you've got to be a coach, okay? Your goal is to be as encouraging as possible. <laughs> you want to build them up, to build their confidence. So you're saying things like, dude, get up, man. It's gonna be a great day. You can't afford to miss this. You're going to kill it today. I believe in you, I love you. You're the best kid in the world, you've got this. Bro, you're gonna do great on your test, I know you are. Say things like that to them so that you can encourage them in who they are and who God has made them to be. There is a principle that I heard a long time ago and I wanna share that with you, but the principle is this. Being present is no guarantee that something significant will happen, but being absent is an absolute guarantee that nothing significant will happen. Isn't that good? The reality is, mom and dad, is that being present is 50% of the work. <laughs> Honestly, just be there for your kids. 
You don't always have to do something um, epic in order to get your kids' attention. Man, they just want to spend time with you. And that's what's important is that you're just together. I love in scripture in, in, in Mark where Jesus says that, that Jesus chose his disciples to be with him. So be with your kids. That's important that you were there, that you're fully present, that when you're with them, you're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about the laundry. You're not thinking of, of how you need to order groceries, whatever it is. When you're with them, you are fully present in that moment with your kids. So this leads me to my third and final point. If God is not part of our rhythm, then he will likely never be a part of our reality. The fact is, you guys, is that many of us grew up relating to God the way that I used to relate to fine china. It's uncomfortable. It was so awkward that he wasn't a part of our normal rhythm. So when he was brought out or mentioned in conversation, things got super weird. <laughs> you didn't know what to do. You didn't know how to, how to act. You were scared. You were scared you're going to do something wrong. And many of us have that kind of relationship with the Lord. That's how we view him, that we're scared to do something wrong. But that's not the kind of relationship we need to have. God is not like fine china, honestly. I think God is actually more like a paper plate, <laughs> right? This is something that we eat on almost every day. It's something casual. This paper plate is what's there during all the parties that we have. This is what sees all the laughter that we share as a family, the tears that we share as a family. It's easy. It's common. It, you're, you're not scared. I don't have to worry about breaking this. It's not something we put on a shelf and display, but it's something that we use. It's something that's a part of our daily rhythm. That's what God wants for you. He wants you to have a relationship with him in such a way that it is a part of your daily rhythm. And that's what we want in our kids, isn't it? We don't want it to be awkward. And I love what my friend Jeremy always tells me, Joel, it's only awkward if you let it be. So when you try to do things for the first time, it can be weird, but keep doing it anyway. Mom and dad, keep doing it anyway. So I want to encourage you to take a step this week. What is that step? What step should you take? I, you are the one who needs to decide. I don't know what your step is. Maybe your step is to follow one of the guidelines that Moses gave us this morning. So you start with those natural rhythm times. Maybe you do one of those. Maybe you do all of those this week. Maybe you just simply try praying with your child. I cannot explain to you how powerful it would be for a dad to pray with his child. That would do more for that kid than anything else I could think of. Maybe you uh, get involved in a do-good project together as a family and make serving a part of your regular rhythm. Maybe you should memorize scripture together as a family. So pick a verse that, that would be good for you guys to know and memorize that as a family and bring that up in conversation during the week. Honestly, maybe what the most important thing you could do to build a rhythm is to join a small group, mom and dad. <laughs> we offer a ton. This fall, there are so many small groups happening at our church for parents. Uh, in any stage that you're in in parenting, I promise you, we got a group for you. So please, please check it out. 
if you know what your next step should be, why don't you just let us know, man? Make a comment in the chat window and just let us know what your next step is going to be. Can you even imagine, honestly, what your family would look like if you did that, if you just took a step? I wonder what our church would look like if all of us as parents just started taking a step to be intentional with our parenting, to be intentional of following the commands that the Lord laid out to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. Listen, parenting is hard, but I want you to know that you are not alone. God is with you. God is for you, and God will guide you. The only thing that we have to do is obey. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much uh, for the truth that's found in your word. I thank you that, uh, for the commands that you give, but more than that, Lord, I thank you for the relationship that we have with you. That this is a relationship that is not based on works because you loved us when we were still enemies with you. Lord, I'm also so grateful that none of us have to uh, go through this life alone. You promise to be with us, to always be with us. And uh, Lord, that includes parenting. God, we need your wisdom. We need your guidance. We need you. Help us to love our kids in the way that you want us to love them. And that every one of us could become better parents because of you. Jesus, we love you so much. I thank you for dying on the cross for us and raising from the dead and for changing our lives. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.